Hello, hello, Braveful listeners. Thank you for joining me today. Today, we're having a conversation with Noah Ronan. She is a coach and she is also a blogger, a vlogger, and she has written a book called Beyond Leadership from Awareless to Awareness, Dare to Be the Leader You Can Be. Noah, she has bringing her 20 years of experience in change management, human resources and project management, talent development and relocation and expat coaching. So I had a great conversation with Noah. Um, I, I've, I learned, you know, that my mantra of listen, learn and lean in also needs to have another one added to it. And that is lean back. And she also taught me that being energy and doing energy are not the same. And when you put the two together, success is inevitable. So please join us for a wonderful conversation. And you're going to learn a lot from Noah, just like I did. So have a great day. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks. Hello, welcome to Braveful, a podcast with and for achieving women. I'm your host, Amy Zeigert. I'm so excited to share with you stories of women who are brave and gutsy. This show is a weekly view into the hearts and minds of what has enabled these fabulous ladies to take a leap and go forward with bold ideas. So join me in an opportunity to listen, learn, and lean in, Braveful style. So here we are, and I... I love your story as we've talked before. So, you know, part of Braveful, a podcast for achieving women, is women who've been able to achieve a lot and are continuing to achieve. So I am going to allow you to turn over. Let's talk about your story before we talk about your book and we talk about walking mastermind and and other things that that, that you've created. But yeah, let's, let's, you know, please start with your story. Cause again, like I said, love it. And people are going to go, well, I wonder where she's from. So please make sure you include where you're from because you have a beautiful, beautiful accent. Yeah. Um, and when I speak to groups, I always say there's probably an urging question right now in the room. <laughs> where is she from? <laughs> yeah. So start with my story. We're diving, yes. diving in. Okay, so the time is passing by. About 15 years ago, my husband and I decided to move from Israel to New York City. He had a job opportunity and uh, we decided, it wasn't an easy decision for me, by the way, because I just started a new job and I was excited to start being that human resources executive inside a company. So it was the wrong timing for me, but um, as a family, I decided that we should go on that adventure. <laughs> and uh, that's really the beginning of the conversation of how life turned for me and moved from a woman type A, as you start by saying, right? That woman that control everything in her life. And uh, I kind of like knew I'm going to get married when I'm 27 and I'm going to have kids and, you know, everything was planned like seriously. And, and suddenly the relocation taught me that I cannot control my life anymore. And that was a very hard 
challenging and uh, good learning in my life that I didn't enjoy at all when I was in it. But uh, today I'm here to tell my story, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think you and I had talked about checking the box and that we sometimes are under this impression that if we do, you know, box number one, great. Then we move on to box number two, three, four, and so on, that that's what success looks like by yeah. checking box. And I think you had, so, and then I said, you know, my goal is to create my own box. You know, I I really want to be able to bring my authentic self and create my box. And then, and then you said, which I love, what did I say? (laughs) I want to coach out of the box. Yeah. So I I sometimes say that I am that out of the box coach. And sometimes we put ourselves in selves in, in boxes. And sometimes other people put us in boxes and which was to stay in the boxes they put us in. Right. And I, I don't know, you know, yeah, it was kind of like, like that box that I wanted. I wanted to be that executive. I remember I was 23. I came to an interview in a change management consultation, consulting office in Israel. And the CEO asked me, what do you want to be in 10 years? I don't know where I had that, um, (laughs) Israeli, <laughs> Israeli, whatever you want to call it. I looked at her, I pointed on her and I said, I want to be you. I want to be you. And I, I kind of like, I wanted to have that. I want to be that CEO, the person that makes the decisions. And uh, I, I just, I had that drive to go through that. And I knew, I knew since a very early age that I was a leader. I remember in the playground, I remember later on. And when I worked in that change management uh, consulting firm, I sat in rooms with CEOs and C-suite executives when I was 23. And there was always the same experience that kind of like in my head made me realize that I'm a leader is that I, I had that ability to influence when I speak to people. There was that magical silence that people just like looking mm-hmm. at me and saying, Hmm, I like what she's saying and, and mostly support my ideas. doesn't mean that all the time, but all the times, but mostly they would follow my ideas and it felt good. And, and, you know, I was being seen by my actions and promoted. And then we moved to the U S with two little kids. And I knew mm-hmm. that not right away, I will find a job. I knew we need to get settled. And, you know, my husband just got that new opportunity. He needs to show up for that new opportunity. But then I start looking for my own opportunity and I want to have the same, let's call it with the boxes uh, metaphor. I wanted to have the same box of what I had in Israel in my new reality. And I was taking all the actions from what I knew in Israel to have the same experience for Noah in the U.S. And that just didn't work for me. Do you think that you applied some of your change management firm, the lessons that you learned in change management (laughs) to your life? Or or do you think that, that you didn't do that? I... I, it's it's an amazing question. I believe that one of the things when when we used to talk about change is that there is that private um, challenge that you experience. So you have your own mm-hmm. private drama, and you go with that with everything, mostly the emotions and the and the complaints. And then you start talking with another person, 
And then together it becomes like a public drama, right? Everyone is complaining. Everyone is not happy about the situation. And then the shift starts when people realize that they need to find maybe some hope that can create that shift or that way of fixing or working on the things to move on. And that's why I believe when people move, they try to find another person that has the same experience like them, that they can sit together and complain and connect, right? And do all that good stuff. I don't think I was good at that. (laughs) I think I was very kind of like internally with my own, uh, with my own challenge. And, um, I didn't know how to process that. And I, I believe that was where I was stuck. And I knew how to work from actions, uh, but I was missing another energy I believe we have. So I believe we have two energies, the doing energy and the being energy from being human beings. And the being energy is the emotions and the thoughts and the mindset and the fears and hopes and aspirations. It's all there. And I ignored that. And all I was walking with is how come that that get it done woman, executive woman that was able to to bring so many results from such a young age suddenly is so stuck. And I believe it was because I was so focused on actions and I just lost sight because I was like, I'm going to control this universe to bring me what I want. But I just got into that, what Albert Einstein says, insanity. You take the same actions and you expect different results in a way. (laughs) Been there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how do you, so you talked about doing energy and being energy. Yeah. So can you expand on that a little bit? Because that's a fascinating thought process. Yeah. So Here is the deal. I believe there are like yin and yang in us. We have those two energies and the doing energy is something that most of us know. And and we got to know that I believe from very early age, because the adults used to tell us, be a good girl, do your homework, be a good boy, go clean up the room. So we we learned that, right, that good means go and take those actions that you will be labeled as good because you took them and you are rewarded for those actions. And then you look around and you see that, right, the kids at school that take the actions are being rewarded and the people later on that take the actions are the ones, ones being promoted. So we all have that focus on actions. But we miss the being energy many times. And the being energy are the emotions and the thoughts and the mindset. And when we focus on one energy and ignore the other one, there are moments like mine, what, and some people call them transition points when you are promoted, or for example, like me, when I moved from one country to another. And in those transition points, the actions that we took before don't work for us anymore. And by the way, for other people, it can be the other way around. They are more in their being. They are more in their emotions. They are more in their thoughts. It's not that any of those energies are good or bad. It's not about being is better than the doing, not doing is better than the, the, the being. So no, don't, don't take it to that space. It's just learning how to engage them together because most of us don't are not aware. We just work from our autopilots. And for some of us like me, it's kind of, like I say, they are the doers. So to, they focus on actions. Okay. And there are some people that are the beers, I call them. Uh, they are the ones that focus focus more from the emotions or from, the, or from their thoughts. And, and then it's just learning how to bring them together. And it's not easy. 
because we need to do some work to become aware. And so I was in that non-aware state, right? What I call in my book, awareless, awareless state that you don't know that you're on that autopilot. And what really created the shift for me is that I got into a point, point where I realized that, okay, I'm done. It's just not working. I need to take a break. And that's when in that break, I had my third son and I started blogging. It was like New Year's Eve. I'm going to start a blog. Like there were so many things, Amy, that I was afraid to do. Mm -hmm. There was a voice telling me that my, and I didn't mention that. So I need to mention what part of the reason I was stuck is was there was a story or a voice inside me that was telling me that my English is not good enough. And that's why I'm not able to influence people the same way I can do with my first language. And that voice got in my way and, and sabotaged. I self-sabotaged myself in many ways of like, maybe I should not take that action. Or when I go to, uh, to an opportunity, I take all the right actions, but internally that voice is telling me, no, they're not gonna, not gonna take a chance on you. You, your English is not good enough. And I got in my way. And that's where I got into that point with the blog phase in my life where I said, I just need a break. I just need a break from everything. And I started blogging. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a (laughs) lot of courage, you know, to say, you know what? I have to almost, you know, and and this is- Reevaluate, right? Right, right. And you have to almost fill yourself back up with the courage and the ability to go back out there. Yeah. Um, so I applaud you for doing that. So yeah. And you probably, great. and and by the way, my tag, tagline is dare from, from courage, dare to be, right? Okay. Dare to tap into that being part. And I didn't feel courageous at all at that moment. I felt very weak. And when you talk with people, I believe you know that too. And because that's your focus in this podcast is that many times when you talk with people about that moment, when they took that courageous, that daring decision, other people see them as courageous, but they feel very weak in that moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, that, that courage is for you to say to yourself, I feel very weak, but I will keep going. Wow. And, and that's for me, really that moment of courage is like, I feel weak with what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to keep going. And it's not, again, it's not from taking the same actions, but it's that, okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but I'm, but, but I need to take on that action, even though I feel weak. So that's something that I find that many times people will tell me in those situations when you ask them, so how did you feel? And they say, everyone thought I'm really amazing and and courageous, but I didn't feel that way at all. How do you feel right now? (laughs) You've written a book. Mm -hmm. You have, so you you do vlogging. So not only do you blog, blog, but that's even, that's, that's another whole side. (laughs) Um, And then you've created mastermind. So, you know, Yeah. yeah. So how are you feeling about that now? I feel grateful. And especially for all the people that were able, you know, I always have tears when I think about that. Like 
the people that saw in me something when I was not able to see that in myself. And, and I believe mm. that it's part of what I do when I work with my clients or with um, any other way I do the work that I do with groups or individuals. It's that the people, that, there were people around me that saw something in me when I was not able to see myself as a resourceful person. And that started with the blog, because when I wrote the blog, at the same week, suddenly, a few different women, Israeli women from the U.S. called me and asked me to coach them. I was just writing a blog. But they saw something in me that I was not able to see in myself. So we started the conversation with some sitcoms conversation <laughs> before, <laughs> but, but, and you know, sometimes in the sitcoms, you see the people wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a coach. So no, I, 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 they, they saw something in me and I said, universe is sending me a sign for the first time and I need to listen to it. So I didn't coach those women. I went and I did the research and I got the training and I, and I, and then I started my work and coached people but those women, they all called me at the same week. They all had the same ask. How did you do that? We're so stuck. Can you coach me? And I saw that coaching is scam. It was like 15 years, 12 years ago, something like that. So I, I didn't see, you know, still, I didn't know coaching. I knew human resources and consulting and training, but coaching, what, what even, what's even coaching? Right. So, and then the same thing happened with speaking. People heard me sharing my story and they said, you're so funny and interesting. Where can we hear you speaking? And I said, come on, I can do that in Hebrew, but English is not my first language. And they said, no, seriously, when you talk, let us know because we want to hear you. And I said, okay, again, people see something in me. I need to act on that. So I did that being work that I will be able to move into action. And of course, when you start speaking, so people ask, and do you have a book about what you talk about? And, and that's when the book showed up. And I can tell you regarding your question, yes, there is great uh, gratitude and grateful, you know, being grateful for those people. And there was also a moment of celebration, looking into that, you know, inner critique voice in my, in my head and telling that voice, I am done with you. Like, that's it. I, I can do everything with my second language. I can coach people and executives and I can speak to in conferences and to groups and events and do webinars and I can facilitate, you know, I can do everything in English and I can publish a book in English. I'm done with you. That's it. <laughs> wow. Well, so talk about your book and I'm, and I'm going to read it. So I don't, I don't. <laughs> so beyond leadership from aware less to awareness. Yeah. And, so, and in the, yeah. in the middle, there is aware mess, of course. <laughs> yeah. wow. Put that in everybody's life. Um, yeah. So, so when you coach people are you coaching them based upon your book? I engage. I, I believe that coaching is a dance. It's never just about my agenda. I believe that I cannot impose on people, right, to do the work that they don't want to do. But it's definitely part of the conversation. And for me, beyond is really from that space of the being, right? How do we engage that being conversation because when people come for coaching, and it, it doesn't matter, by the way, if it's for teams or the mastermind groups, or they all come with the same want in a way. And you tell me if you see that differently, but there is, I'm here, 
and there is something I want to work on or become better at if I'm in that peak performance space. So it, it's about, I, I want to see different actions or outcomes, but the deal is that if we don't address the mindset, the emotions and the thoughts behind that, we're not able to shift the actions. We just can't do that because we come from a, a formula. That's what I believe. There is a formula in our head of how we should take the actions and then we cannot bring new actions. So I always try to say, okay, what, what are your thoughts right now about that situation? And maybe what are the emotions that show up? Or when they have an issue with a person they manage or work with, what that per- when that person talk with you or say those words, how do they trigger you? What do you think? And what do you feel when you, when you are in that situation with them? Because if we don't understand that and how we show up when we are messy or when mm-hmm. we are in that awareness state, we cannot create new actions because mm-hmm. we don't understand what should be the new actions. What we peek on is someone wrote a book and they said in the book that to be courageous, I just need to do it. But how do you become courageous? <laughs> you can't right. just do it if you believe you're, you're not able. So if, that, if you walk with that perspective, you will not change that perspective. So you need to figure out a new way of being so you can create new actions. And what is your way of being? Not Noah's way of being or Amy's way of being or or Amy's action. And that's the problem that when we see all those different programs and read all the different books, it's like they say, I need to do that. And that book say I need to do that. But we're not able to maintain that because it's not what we feel and it's not what we think. Yes, yeah, so you almost have to come from a, from where your values lead you. Also, yeah. It's yeah. part of the conversation. And values, by the way, some people say it's very hard for me to talk about my emotions. So values are very hard, heart-based, right? It comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, they are, I, I, I see them as our compass, what we believe is important. And that's why when some people hold the same values as us, we feel close to them. Because it comes from heart. I've never heard anybody say that values are our compass. Mm. And you're right, they are. That's really well. I've never thought of that. Mm. And and you're right. People do, people that carry the same values are they usually hang out together. They're usually yeah. more inclined um, to gravitate to each other. Yeah. As, and that's why I call it beyond leadership, because when you understand your values and your vision. Mm. and your heart, then you need to look beyond. Because many times where we get into conflict or it's hard for us to engage others in the conversation is that we come from our values. But other people, when they act the way they act, it's not because they are bad people or, or they don't have, in, you know, they don't walk their talk. They just walk for, from their values. And there is a gap. Because if my value is excellence and your value is taking care of people, so you will first put everything aside to care for others while it's not that I don't care for others, but I believe excellence is more important. And then we start having those gaps. We, We wear different lenses and that's why it's so important for us to understand 
where other people's values come from and have this different ability to, to look beyond our values. And it's not always easy. Yeah. So tell me about Mastermind. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Mastermind. So Mastermind actually came from the book of Napoleon Hill. If people who listen to this podcast grow, help me grow uh, within reach, right? That's the, I'm so bad with names of book, books, names. That's horrible. And Napoleon Hill wrote the book during the uh, 1929, help me, what's the, the, that, oh, um, the Depression, Depression, the Great Depression. Thank you. Sometimes I lose words. So during the Great Depression, he wrote that book and really wanted to understand how some people stayed rich while others lost a lot of money, right? And he found a few different areas of what those people, that successful people like Ford, who only studied until the age of six, how that person with only a few years at elementary school was such a successful and rich person. And one of the things he mentions is um, Napoleon Hill mentioned in the book are mastermind groups. That's the, the wording that he is using in that book. And if people who listen to me right now and you have your business or you know, you're in that personal growth journey, read this book. It's not expensive. I think it costs like a dollar or two dollars. Read this book because I believe it's the Bible of any other business book. All the business books that were written since then are somewhat of a combination of what he wrote in 1929, which I think it's amazing. Okay. So he talks about mastermind group, which is really to take a group of people and learn from each other and share with each other resources so we can grow as individuals, business leaders, or leaders. So, you know, my, my version is I work with executives, or I work with business leaders who have their business. And the idea is really to help people learn how to share resources, but also how to share their challenges and learn from each other. And that's when I play the role of the facilitator and help the group to design how they want to support each other without fixing each other, because that's mm -hmm. a different conversation. I am not here to tell you what you should do. I can share what I do, or I can ask you questions to help you get clarity. Or if the person is asking for that, I can share resources. And that really depends if we work in the same community. And what happens is that at the beginning, there is that getting to know each other. But after a few meetings of mastermind, you start seeing those people really changing and helping each other. So it creates uh, it, somewhat of a community. Well, it's got to be tough to not want to solve their problem or fix them. So yeah. To speak. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of coaching because coaching is really not about fixing people. We see them as resourceful and creative. And uh, I see my role not as to fix people, but help them find within how they can be resourceful and be able, you know, sometimes we say we fall into the hole and how can I, climb on the rope and get out by myself without someone pulling me outside. And, and that's how I hold my, I don't see them in a hole. I just see them as, okay, you have a bump. You don't see yourself resourceful right now. Let's remind you. 
let's remind you and let's help you reconnect with who you are. And it's amazing. You know, some people say, well, if I was a CEO and or I was an executive or I had a business that I earned millions of dollars, I would not feel this way. So news for everyone. (laughs) For each one of us, it just catches us in a different situation in our lives where we feel like we we are less resourceful. Wow. So, so do you do mastermind groups then? Is that kind of, is that one of your, um... yeah, it's part of what I do. And, and one of the ways I do that is walking mastermind. That was my out of the box idea to bring people together to network outdoors. So I play with the idea of masterminds um, instead of sitting in a meeting room, taking it outside to nature. So I love coffee. So we meet outside the coffee shop um, and then we just cross to the nature and every time there is a topic and we, we just take the time to process because most of us sit all day long in front of the commu- computer in our right. own little box and it's limiting. We see things from that perspective. And nature just allows us to be exposed to new perspectives. And we created a whole structure around this idea of the walking mastermind, which for me right now is a networking community and people don't pay money for that. So for me, it was just a way that I just went to networking groups and I was tired. I didn't like what I've seen there. And I said, I just want to be me. I just want to connect with people and have real conversation. And wouldn't it be awesome if we can do it outside in the nature? So people show up, Amy, in any weather, whether if it's like 30 degrees outside or 90 degrees outside. I'm not kidding. For an hour and a half, we do that outside. And what people like is that there is structure. There is structure to this networking thing where it doesn't feel like I am lost because I don't know what to talk about. There is a structure from the moment you meet us until you leave. And part of the structure is that at the beginning of the networking, you can say, hi, my name is Amy and I am... And you cannot introduce yourself with your role in life or at work. So if you work, you cannot say, hi, I'm Amy and I am a coach or a podcaster. You can only say, I am Amy and I'm an explorer or I am an adventurer. Or And so think about it when you come to a networking event and you don't know what the people in the group are doing right? What is their title? What's possible then? Because the moment I say, hi, I'm Noah and I am dot, 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 you put me in a box. Absolutely. So (laughs) it's like the dating game and you can't see the person on the other side of the screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like they can see the people, they can see them. (laughs) Right. But, but think about our titles are in a lot of ways how we identify with ourselves right? and how we let others identify back with us. Exactly. 
So how has that been? People love it. And by the way, I trademarked it. Uh, so if people want to, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like people said, we love it so much. And I trademarked it as an idea. So if people, if you have their great ideas, it's okay sometimes to trade it, you know, trademark it. And people just like the, the feedback that we get, it's uh, ability to just get to know people, create real connections. And part of the idea, we call it walking mastermind. So right now the COVID, we changed it a bit and it's virtual. So some people walk with us okay. virtually or stand outside. Okay. But when there was no pandemic for a few years, people just came and we would match them. They asked that we would do that. So we would match them with another person okay. and send them on the walk on the topic with questions. And again, Rather than just talking and not sure what to talk about, when we kind of like push the button of the idea, and then I send you with a with an index card with questions, and you can talk about the topic together. And the questions are very exploratory, very open, and very fun to have a conversation about. And every time they go for a walk, they come back and they don't want to stop talking with each other. And I say that we take all the decorations, right? Because mostly when people come to networking events, women have the high heels and the nice clothes, right? And the, the, the ties and there is all that, right? It's all about like, I'm creating that identity and I'm just taking that away. And I'm saying, let's focus on connection. Let's focus on creating a new perspective that can serve me when I go home. And people get that amazing energy and they go back and keep creating. And I get that again and again. No, I like I came here with a low energy and I'm living with such high energy and I'm inspired to go and keep creating. And it's again and again, we get stuck in our own perspective. And when we talk with other people, and that's the biggest thing I hear again and again about no matter what kind of a mastermind experience right? is people expose me to other perspectives. I was stuck in the way I was looking at things and I get a new perspective or even more than one. So how long have you been doing this? <laughs> a few years. Uh, coaching I do for, I think, more than 12 years. I stopped counting and... Um, and the group I do, groups I do, I do a lot of different kind of groups, but the mastermind in the last five years, I focus on that. And that's wonderful experience. You should create chapters and do it around the country. I think that is amazing. Yeah. So that's why I trademark the walking mastermind. If people want to, to do that in their area, they can, they can get with for me the whole system. There is a whole system to that with and oh. the topics and everything. And it's a great way to create, um, you know, so for me, I always say, if I don't like something, I can complain about that or I can be a leader. And that's what I work with my clients. You, you can, you know, some people say you can be a player or you can be a victim or you can be a leader or you can be a complainer. So I choose to be a leader. And if I don't find the networking I'm looking for, I, I am going to create that on my own. And sometimes it, it did took me a while to find how I want to do that, play with that for a few times until I, I kind of like said, okay, I have it. Let's have fun with it. So how many people on average participate in your walking mastermind group? It really depends. It's 20 plus that gets into those events. And, yeah. And, and you're doing it at no charge to them. I do it at no charge. It's, it's part of my way to give to the community and it's fun for me. And I get to know new people 
And yeah, it's, it's my, you know, we talked about being type A people who like to control everything. So when I play, I stop controlling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then then I think we, we need to play more then. Maybe that's it. We need to make work more of play so we can not control as much. I mean, that's, yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it. And actually, I believe work is play for most of us. You know, some people really don't like the work and that's maybe where you need to ask yourself, how can I find a work that I can play? But I think we just adults don't like to to use a word like play because we don't feel mature or professional. But I, I feel like I'm playing. You know, even when clients share with me really hard you know, they have really hard conversations, kind of like share with me hard situations. Uh, We still, you know, even when people tell me really um, challenging stuff, we laugh laugh together during the session and we tear together. And so for me, all those different experiences, if if I don't play, I probably do something that I, I, you know, I need to reassess, reevaluate, take a break. And I say, lean back. You know, there is Cheryl Sundberg. She talks about lean in. Yep. I say lean back. So lean back in your mind is really like a pause then to just. Yeah. Mm. Even create space. Maybe if you are too close, maybe you don't create space for yourself. Maybe you don't create space between you and other people. Even now remotely, there are some people that is like into the, sometimes I do that too. I'm like into the screen, take space, lean back, (laughs) give Amy some space right now. So it's awesome. But sometimes we need to take a moment, lean back, reevaluate, reassess, take a breath, take a pause and keep moving. Wow. I like that. Cause my kind of mantra is listen, learn, and lean in. Oh, <laughs> listen, learn, lean in, and then lean back if necessary. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you kind of wonder, do, again, being type A, do you get so in someone's space yeah. that when you do lean in, when you do get that seat at the table, yeah, do you kind of need to lean back? I even, you know, when you, you, so here's the deal. I'm not saying, but you know, what people say about lean, lean in yeah. is wrong. There is a need to lean in, but sometimes if we manage people or work with people and, and we don't create right. that space, we start telling them what to do and how to do, and we stop listening. And mm-hmm. I do believe that when we lean back with others, there is ability to listen. The lean in is more about I want to, I want to, I want to say something. I want to say something. I want to say something. It's me too. It's right. It's that. Right. <laughs> and the lean back is like, I'm listening to you, but there is a different way of listening to you. I'm not listening. You know, they say, don't listen to, to answer. Listen that you can really, yeah. it's a deeper listening. Not just that I will choose what's going to be the next thing I'm going to say, but really that I can process and understand and see if there is even something I need to say right now. Right. Wow. One of the things one of my clients told me about listening this week, she said, when I, when I listen and lean back, I realize that I don't always have to say everything I think I need to say. <laughs> and that's, I can let go of that. And that's okay. Isn't that cool? Well, that's powerful because sometimes 
there isn't a need for words. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think listening can also be the best gift you can give someone. Um, because there are times when I'll say even to my kids or my husband, and I'll say, I just want you to listen. Yeah. I don't want feedback. I just want you to listen. And I'm sure, and same thing when my kids or my husband says to me, just listen, you're just kind of biting your tongue going, but please, please let me say something. (laughs) Yeah. And I, by the way, as parents, I think it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful uh, muscle to teach our kids. I created something about like what you do, what you do with my kids. And I said, if there is a situation where you just need me to listen with no, you feel like you need a safe space to talk without me trying to be the saving mother or fix it for you. We do that. Okay. I'm a coach, but still I'm a mother who wants to protect her her little cubbies. So uh, that's when they tell me, mom, now it's a safe space. I just want to talk. I just want you to listen. There is no conversation or fixing or whatever. Right. And it's really cool when they learn to do that because a few weeks ago, my daughter, she's 16. She came to my office and she said, mom, I need you to be my coach for, for the next five minutes. And I never coach my kids. I, I don't, I don't, I don't do coaching in my family. I don't, I don't believe it's okay to do something like that as a parent or as a, as a partner or as a friend. That, that's that's boundaries for me. Okay. But she came to my office. She said, five minutes, I need you to coach me right now on time management. She was very focused. She knew what she needed for me. She designed a relationship with me in that moment. And that was awesome. I, I thought that when you teach your kids to have that kind of conversation with you, it's so powerful. It gives them so much, so much power. Again, I don't right. find any different well, that ownership on, the, on right, what they right. need. It almost gives them a sense of control, which you, know, <laughs> you are the, the person that is more in control of them than they are of themselves mm-hmm. than when they're that age, because they're living underneath your roof or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That is amazing. Yeah. Have you, ever, yeah, have you ever thought about doing a little mini coaching book for kids? That's kind of a cool idea. I... No, no, thank you for the idea, but uh, no, no, I think there are people that are better than me in that space, but uh, yeah, I'm doing what I can with my kids to really um, shift it to more of a coach-like conversation. So it's not Mm -hmm. coaching them, but a coach-like conversation as a parent to empower them because I have two that will, one is going to college this summer and another one that will. And I believe it's part of what I can give them as a gift to start asking questions differently and making decisions differently. Right. And so, yeah, parenting never ends. My kids are never. 20, 27, 23 and it never oh my ends. Gosh. So you're just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing though. You know, yeah. it, it, it is a beautiful thing, but it takes a village too. So <laughs> it, you know. Well, so you mentioned COVID with your walking mastermind group. Mm-hmm. Has COVID affected any other aspects of your your coaching? Not really. Okay, that's good. Not really. What's interesting here is something I'm going to share because I think it's interesting uh, is that my focus was speaking. Okay. And when I published the book, it wasn't published as a speaker book, but I really... Okay. 
it came before the idea to speak to to in conferences and it was really to share my ideas okay um but i was just kind of like in the momentum of booking conferences and stuff with the new book and when the COVID started, of course, no conferences, no events, yeah. right? And and right away, I knew I need to pivot and, and do something differently. And I started being a guest on podcast, uh, on podcasts. And that's when I learned that even though I like talking into big groups, it's not fun for me as I thought. And I realized that there is such an amazing, amazing sense of connection that I experience in podcasting that I don't experience when I speak in conferences. And that's when I had a very honest question with myself. Mm -hmm. What's the why behind the speaking? Is it my ego Mm -hmm. or is it a real purpose? And my answer was that it was an ego. Okay. So I eliminated most of, because now, you know, a lot of conferences do virtual, yes. right? Um, so I I eliminated a lot of that and I focus more on back to, you know, what I love, the mastermind, the group coaching, okay. podcasting that I just love, you know, having this conversation with you is so real. It, it's, yeah. it's just we're just two people having a conversation for my, so I just love it. And I think it was really, so for me that the COVID experience was just like pause, right? Lean back. Yep. What, what's the truth here, Noah? And the truth was not nice to find. Ego was leading me with the speaking and it was so easy to say goodbye to it. And wow. it, it was so easy. So for you, COVID COVID it has affected people in many, many ways. Right. Um, but COVID for you was the opportunity to almost reassess your your why. Yeah. 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 Same, same for me. Um, COVID was really an opportunity for me to assess my why. Yeah, because that's when I decided to start doing a podcast. Just mm. like, you know, because I think there are just so many great women doing really cool things. Like today I learned about a working <laughs> mastermind group. I think that's amazing. Um, and, and you've written a great book. Yeah. And you've taken risks and you're achieving, you're achieving in, in your own way. And I think, you know, women need to hear your story. And so you. I guess what's the one thing that moving to the United States that during that whole process that you learned that helped you get to where you are right now? So I'm going to answer a bit differently (laughs) because what I learned is really what I shared with you, I believe the being and the doing part. And, and, but from a, a personal perspective, if I would have stayed in Israel and it's actually in the end of my book, because it's a question my older son, who is now 18, asked me, he asked me when he was 13, mom, if you could have gone and and meet your your past self before she made the decision to move yes. to the US as your future self would you suggest as your future self to your past self to go through that again wow i was in tears when he asked me that question first because it was like oh my gosh where that that came from right and that's those moments with your kids <laughs> but 
it was a moment of, you know, you kind of like, like they say in the movies that you, your, your whole life passed by from the moment you made that decision. It wasn't easy for me. I had a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle, a lot of um, inner conversations and disappointments with myself along the way. But the woman I am today, I would not be in Israel. Oh. And that's, I can say now from a, from this, you know, where I am today, I, I live now in North Carolina. I would probably be an, an executive that works in a, you know, nine to whatever job. And, and I would impact in a different way. Right. But the amount of people that I touched and the ripple effect that I created and my ability to tap into leadership that was not inside an organization, but in volunteering organizations to impact other people, I would never experience that. So what I've learned, I've learned that there are moments where you feel like you are lost, but when you are able to reconnect with yourself and become resourceful again, you know, it's that you can try and control everything, but the moment you surrender, let me say it this way, Right. I try to control the universe, but the moment I surrendered and just let go, that's when the journey began for me. Mm. And, and so so that may be, I think, the biggest, the biggest learning. When you surrender, that's when when the journey starts. Wow. I would say your journey is just starting, wouldn't you? <laughs> Listen, I'm in that playful place. And just this year with the podcasting journey, I get to know so many awesome people like you. And with some of them, there are some partnerships happening that are really fun. So see, that's cool. Really, really. um, I think like right now I'm in a joyful place and and that's really what I want to experience. Just keep that joy. Keep the joy coming. Well, yeah. So it's funny. You, you know, you say connection. Because my word for this year is connect. Oh, um, awesome. <laughs> and, and I think of connect in so many different ways, not only connecting with other people, yeah. but connecting with myself, yeah. connecting with that, which brings me joy, you know, and now I'm going to say connects with, with, with some playtime. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you had to pick a word for for your 2021, that's the playfulness. Yeah. Would it be playful? Uh, it is. It's playfulness. And it, it's, it came from um, realizing that there are some areas that when I start controlling the situation, when I start micromanaging myself and the situation, I, yeah. I get upset. So mm-hmm. I, I told myself, okay, 2021 is about playfulness. And Amy, I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> You know, you say that almost as if you're apologizing. No, no, I'm not. Don't ever apologize for having fun. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's like, it's, that's like, this is fun. (laughs) Wow. Well, so, so as we start to to wrap up our great conversation, because it's been wonderful. um, Do you have three books that have changed your life that you can share? Grow Within Reach, I will say, is one because it really brought me into that mastermind experience. So that's Napoleon Hill. 
The second one, which I always recommend is The Anatomy of Peace. Have you heard about that book? The Anatomy no. of Peace by Arbinger with a G, Arbinger Institute. So it's not a, an author, but... It's Anatomy of, of a Feast? Of No, The Anatomy of Peace. Oh. Peace, man. So yeah. it's, it's really about the heart of conflict. Mm-hmm. And... I, there is another um, another version. There are a few other versions. I prefer that book, The Anatomy of Peace. Wow. It, it just talks about how can we have different way to communicate with kids, with people at work. I, I use that work a lot with my clients and it's just wonderful that again, everything we try to control to stop others they keep doing because we try to control them with our actions. Wow. Again and again is just like, seriously, if there is one book I will put there is that book. And the third one that I really like, I'm just going to say the one, that last one I listened on my audible. Can I say that? Because yeah, I really absolutely. love that. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad with names. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. So I, I will just say, Atomic Habits is another book oh. that I feel is a great book to to have on your shelf. Atomic yeah, Habits. My husband just my husband just mentioned it's Atomic yeah. Habits. I tell my clients there are some books you want to have on your shelf as as a leader, as an individual. Atomic Habits. Here is the deal about that book. Nothing you you never read about habits, but it just puts everything in one book and it makes sense and it says Habits are like atoms. There are those little fractures that you start adding one small thing and another small thing and another small thing and another small thing and your life change. So I find that book to be wonderful and just a great, great one to have on your shelf. Well, I'm going to have to read that one. And I really (laughs) want to read Anatomy of Peace. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it is a very special book. Wow. Well, thank you, Noah. It's been just a joyful, joyful conversation. And I really, really appreciate your time. And I cannot wait to let other people get to know you, read your book and play a little bit while they listen to the podcast <laughs> or maybe even go for a walk. Yeah. Or lean back. Or lean, or back. lean back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So thank you so very, very much. This has been wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to inspire women that if they are having a bump, that it's okay. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed playing with you this afternoon. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today. I don't know about you, but I sure am grateful for the opportunity to listen and learn from such great women. So if you enjoyed yourself as much as I did, please feel free to share Braveful podcast with your friends and colleagues, as well as please subscribe to Braveful on your favorite podcast apps. Have the best day ever. And until next time, be Braveful.